G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast where each and every Monday we look at the best racing in Australia. It was fantastic racing at Caulfield Rose Hill and we're brought to you by you, our fantastic members. to go, two and a half lengths in front of Western Empire, cool side bab I'm thunderstruck and drag and leap but Snap Dancer, a hundred metres to go, still clear, I'm thunderstruck wearing it down, Snap Dancer needs the line but won it Snap Dancer and Nick Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Snap Dancer needs a line, said Matt Hill, audio courtesy of Racing.com, but won it. Vince Accardi, fantastic front-running rider, Ethan Brown, and those trainers, Ma Eustace, they just keep getting it right on the big stage. Are they the new kings, or have <laughs> they been the kings all along? Yep, yeah, they're uh, they've had a fantastic uh, two or three years, and they're just and they're still both relatively young blokes. So I think we they're, they're the type of stable we can follow a lot of confidence for many years to come. Yeah, I just can't help but feel that's the reason why I want to put it out there. The new kings, they are becoming the the maestro group in Australia. They just are. They can go anywhere. They get their horses to perform, and they can keep them up, which is one of the things I I love and. Probably the the biggest positive is how they can get their horses, quality horses, to find new PBs. And this is this is probably one of the biggest art forms for trainers. That in many ways it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy for trainers to be able to do that. And this, this team, they're just phenomenal. And, and look, one of the many fundamentals that you put in place, Vince, is that many horses don't improve after their first preparation. Their, their, their peak figure is their figure, but uh, yes. but this is the case with uh, with the master in, in Sydney and Waller, and it's the case with the masters down here at the moment, well, even though they have both states going, of course. Yeah, well, when you look at snap dances, for instance, third best of the day, 1.8 overall IVR figure. 56 days ago, or, you know, that was off a 63-day, but on that 56-day break back on the 7th of the 5th there, it was two and a half. That was a – that, for that campaign, was a, was a PB. But it's on wet ground. I, I have no doubt when you peel through this horse's numbers, you just go all the way back to Randwick in 2020 when we got a 3.8 on dry ground, and you just look through where has this horse really had the opportunity to perform at its absolute optimum on dry ground. Uh, one was at the end of campaign back at the end of, uh, what was it, February 2021, and it was a non-performance. And then from that point onwards, and this is this is pretty much his whole campaign, it hasn't had that luxury, and yet it's still been able to perform up into the mid-two range. And I have no doubt this horse has got all the hallmarks, as is this particular mare, has all the hallmarks of being a plus five horse. And I don't know, someone mentioned something about a possible Everest opportunity. Well, 
I, I guess if it couldn't be dismissed from what I can see running around at the moment. Well, the other thing too, then if you're saying plus four, plus five, um, if it doesn't go to the Everest, geez, these these uh, Melbourne sprint racers have big money too and and, and uh, make your own luck up, up in front and races like at Mooney Valley, for instance, uh, well, she's going to take a power of beating there. For sure. And I just I just wonder with, with this stable that they, they really can point this horse anywhere they want over the shorter courses at the moment. Well, you mentioned uh, the, it hasn't seen a real dry track. Let's uh, let's have a look at how Caulfield played itself. I went for a walk there Friday night, Vince, and uh, fortunately I got an overly officious security guard. The second bloke was good, he's, oh. his boss, but stopped me walking per, uh, from the 400 to the 800. And uh, the, the straight... They, they put out on uh, on Thursday as heavy eight, and I thought, well, the straight's actually pretty good. The uh, the lanes will be in play, but uh, it actually, when I say good, it certainly was, as in it wouldn't be heavy, um, and it's come up well. But we always have to remind ourselves in the winter that that part of the track from the 800 to 400 takes a lot longer to dry, and uh, that's pretty much what's come up in your data. Yeah, and it's just the old-fashioned scenario that in particular – approaching the 400 metres. Have a look at it, Ralphie. It was 1.8. Now, compare that to the the home straight. It was almost two lengths inferior to the home straight. And it was almost two lengths inferior in that gap at the 600. And then we we're back at the 800 where we're, we're sitting rock solid in that 1.8 range. So you're, you're right, Ralphie. 800 metres, 400 metres, you know, that five... I call it sort of the five to the 350 mark is... Uh, was off a lot. Well, when I say off a lot, I, I've got to say it in the right contents compared to the rest of the track. But overall, it certainly wasn't a heavy track, that's for sure. And I would say it was a lot closer to an S6 or slightly better. And it was just those two patches. Yeah, and I, I want to underline, actually, the information put out by the curator was absolutely on point on Saturday morning. I thought, well, you know, from what I saw, if it improves again, he said, look, it, it just won't be improving beyond a five. So uh, all you can ask for as a punter is that the best information gets out, and that's certainly what it did. All right, well, let's ha- uh, break down this main race in, in, in further detail. Vince, the uh, the Memsey pre-race, you ended up with your race speed profiles. I, I, I needed seven in the quaddy. I just couldn't, couldn't uh, narrow it down beyond seven because – the, it, it's this fascinating challenge at this time of year. It's not just about ability. It's about who's turning up for the day. It's about map. It's about, uh, you know, goals ahead compared to fitness. And what the market wanted to tell you pre-race was the snap dancer was very fit and forward and spot on. So that, that that's one thing. But you knew the, the regulars like, uh, like Cascadia and I'm Thunderstruck, they are best at a mile. And then there's unknown with Elation. Well, Elation was friendless in the market. So that was one, one you could dismiss. But then a couple others... I think we learn a little bit about a horse like Western Empire. Was that his first uh, run on genuinely wet ground? Well, this is the the one thing that's definitely would have been a negative for Western Empire is the given the ground. It, it's it, well, when we, when I say that, I've, I've like you said, it, it is the first time that it's had to um, find that type of situation. But there were a couple of races. Firstly, we can go back, Ralphie, to March two thousand and twenty-one. Yep. That particular day, that was uh, realistically that was an S five. It was like it wasn't quite S six, but it was borderline in that range. And there was the performance, even though it won, the overall IVR figure was down. Yes, 
there was another performance as well. You have to go a lot, a lot further back, Ralph. We have to go all the way back to the 7th of 11, 2020. Again, we had another scenario where the horse almost won, but it was in the similar ground condition. And I'm pointing out those two is because when you compare the, the data around when it's on genuinely firm ground, the difference is around four or five lengths. So the beauty is this, and you could see that deterioration in running as well, where the horse just wasn't able to actually sprint like it's capable. Of course, there is this possibility, Has the maybe the horse isn't going to perform in Victoria like it did in Western Australia. When I look at the jump out trials, my indicators aren't suggesting that. So we just have to wait and see if we get on this drier ground, if this horse can produce what it was doing in Western Australia. Because this is one of the best horses to come from Western Australia, Ralphie, for a long time. And unless something's dramatically gone backwards with this horse, I expect this horse to be the horse of the spring. Like, but I, I, the only horse that can match this horse in Australia is Animo, nice. from what we can see. Now, we didn't see that on the weekend, so let's see next meeting if we're on cleaner ground what happens, and hopefully this horse can come to a what it was showing in the jump outs, and b in particular what it did last campaign. I suppose also there's a reality, Vince, that. You know, our, our heads rolled off both before the railway and after because, you know, we did the preview podcast yes. about how good its first up performance was last uh, October. Yeah. Um, but that was off 203 days in a, in a nice, warm Western Australian climate. This time, Danny O'Brien's had 266 days, and I assume you can only get them so fit in a, in a wet Melbourne winter. Yes, and, and, the, and one of the reasons why I'm sort of pointing out it wasn't a big conditioning deterioration because when you look at the numbers and you have a look at that last 200-metre split versus the 4 to 200, the um, velocity drop-off was only 1.8 length, Ralphie. It wasn't of any serious nature sort of giving the indication this horse, you know, blew right up fitness-wise. It yep. definitely wasn't that. It was more to do with this horse couldn't accelerate in the ground. Yes, all right, so there's one. Elation obviously didn't turn up. Uh, it was, as I mentioned, friendless in the market. Tefano yeah. um, didn't run anywhere near its best and actually post-race. Mike Moroni uh, said, that'll do. We're retiring her, and she's just been a marvellous horse for that stable. So let, let's get to other horses in the market mm. there. Cascadian, as, as mentioned, is a, is a ripper in a mile, and and even though he won he won that 1,400 uh, all-age stakes, but that was on bottomless ground. It's always going to be a challenge unless it's really bottomless for this horse to produce it uh, a mile. So I reckon the Cummings yard just walks away as happy as they could be about this veteran. Yeah, they would be happy, but also there's some level of deception, and the deception is that it's finished behind two really good horses, but you have to be very clear and concise. These horses have not, um, this is the first two, have not run anywhere near their top. Yes. Yep. And in re sorry, in reverse order, though, I did skip one. Alligator blood, drawn inside, probably not ideal. Not going forward, probably not ideal. And then uh, followed Western Empire in the run, and I heard Ollie post-race say that it just didn't take him into the race, as we've discussed. No, and this horse is uh, clearly a negative on the wet, like a clear negative. Has to be clean, dry ground. And it, I have no doubt that performance at Eagle Farm, that last run that it had prior to this one, the stable's been able to get this horse to its absolute best and was actually showing the potential sign of uh, improving. All right, and let's get to the rock star. I'm Thunderstruck. What would you take out of its run? 
Now, I thought this was a, a, a phenomenal run. Given A, where it was positioned in running, big head start to give, isn't it, Ralphie? When you're going nine lengths below benchmark versus 2.9, that's a, that's, that's a big head start. In the mid-race move, again, it had to do a lot of work when compared to snap dance. You have a look at the mid-race squeeze with snap, snap dance. It was 1.7 versus 8.3. And the reason why I want to highlight this, that was the most affected part of the ground, Ralphie. So it's not when just improving mid-race, but it's improving through the worst ground. Yeah, it's a massive, massive uh, squeeze, and it's going to take a lot out of you. And this was the case with this particular runner. But the, the strength of this horse to the line was brilliant. You could see... It actually peaked in terms of velocity between the four and the 200 metres and then and then dropped off. And that's because the acceleration was so big and in the testing ground, oh, I was most taken with the run and this, they've got this particular runner back in a pretty serious way. That first up run, 1.7, rock solid. I've marked it from my perspective right now, looking at it condition-wise, profile. Yes, it was beautiful, the 1,400 metres but I've ticked it up at least a length and therefore I do have an expectation this campaign, this horse won't run below five when it comes to peaking and is another runner that's genuine. I don't know if we can get to the plus seven of the previous campaign, but I'm very confident we're going to get above five. And the reason I wanted to highlight all these other horses in the market, because the reality of this challenge in this fascinating caper is that you have to only find the best horse in the day. You don't have to find the best horse. That helps. But yep. it's your starting point. And I'm looking at your grid with your race speed profile. Snap Dancer was fifth, but you had her third most advantage. And I assume it's for these reasons, that she didn't have to uh, run to a, to a new PB. She just had to run to her level because there are others who, who had challenges of running to their PB first up, wet ground, position and running, et cetera, et cetera. So really plus 1.8 is a good performance, but yes. it's not the best performances of the, some of these oppositions. No, no, far from it, far from it. Yeah, so she's turned up well, ready to play, and let's see what she can do on uh, on dry ground. No knock there is probably the, uh, the summary. Best of the day, the sprinter shooting for gold. I think this may be a double shot, Vince. It probably tells you one of these, one of the real fundamentals. Be very careful of uh, of knocking a, a, an average run on a, in a straight track performance. Yeah, no, that's a, a pretty fair call too, Ralphie. Just wild. I, I just the run. It was like such a fantastic ride. I felt Ralphie really when you look at it. Two point seven lengths below benchmark through that first section compared to the lead speed, actually was a good spot, tagging it around three lengths. Like if I look at Generation, it was going about 1.3 lengths quicker. Now we've got, to, we've got to look at it in the contents that obviously it's to the 800 metre points, that first 300 metres. But what was really vital is not to have that overextension between the eight and the 400 where you're going to really zap that energy. And I felt that it was in a, in a top spot. And... The same can be said for Generation. They were both in the top position in running. The move between the 8 and the 400 was was really good as well. Only a one-length mid-race squeeze for shooting for gold. And Generations was a half-length mid-race squeeze. So that gave them the opportunity for optimal finish. And what was really evident was shooting for gold was stronger over that last 200 metres. And it wasn't to do with only... Um, being 1.3 lengths behind Generation. In other words, what I'm saying is Generation was going 1.3 lengths faster, but that wasn't the reason 
the the reality was that this horse here has come back fantastic. Uh, generation first up, more to come. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. This was a, a conditioning blowout, no doubt about it. And uh, and Star Patrol, I think we we pretty much said it, and we're going to get to passive aggressive shortly. We pretty much said that uh, his his Flemington two wins was phenomenal. But when he had to uh, chase passive aggressive, that was on clearly the, the the wettest track, and there he was again on a wet track. So he just can't accelerate by looking. At it. No, no, you, well, I'm with you, Ralphie. This is uh, obviously a very, very big challenge for the horse when it's on conditions that aren't dry. In a couple of weeks' time, uh, let's hope we get a dry Fleming because we might see a Western Empire at a mile in the Maccabi and this bloke over 1,200 on a good track. So let's <laughs> let's cross our fingers there. We get to see the best horses run to their best. Uh, we uh, ask our members if they'd like to ask Vince a question every Sunday. I send them an email. You can become a member via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. Click through the links. Every week, our members get best of the day from Melbourne and Sydney via our Sizzlers. Group 1 members get the five best performances of every carnival as they come along. We really appreciate our members. We don't have any corporate bookmaker advertising. Uh, we are here because of our, our support from our fantastic members. Hayden's asked, what did Vince make of In the Boat? In the boat. So it's in this race. Led <laughs> uh, was very soft in the market, Vince, suggesting shorter fitness. A massive blowout in terms of conditioning. Also, just when we break down and analyse the ride, using the speed through the first section, 0.3 above, obviously the rider was very aware, probably going a little bit too quick, and now we're going to get into this situation where that ground's going to be inferior. It was actually a, actually a deliberate slowdown, Ralphie. Yep. You can see... It, the horse's momentum flow had dropped by almost 3.2 lengths, which I, I'm always a big believer that when I analyse data over the, particularly in this particular format, when they're fresh and they have a slowdown, and obviously the degree of the slowdown and the distance has a big impact, it's never a positive sign. So this horse has had that slowdown, then it's attempted for a, a kick down, and the kick down was there between the four and the 200 metres, Ralphie. You could see the horse actually re-accelerate going from the six to the four, 1.7 below to 0.8 below. And then it was a, a pure condition blowout. The horse was done and it was a 4.6 lengths overall. In terms of slowdown, it was actual, uh, this is the conditioning part, was around four lengths. And if I compare it to the west, rest of the field that were above it, it was clearly the biggest blowout. All right, so the takeaways from that race are um, shooting for gold, super ride, be careful here, ignoring a, a, a Fleming and Miss, Generation and in the boat, fitness to come, Star Patrol, let's see, see him back on top of the ground. The uh, the Mayor's race, well, passive-aggressive had the big boom on her. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, questions about uh, passive-aggressive, including from William. Every man and his dog was tipping passive-aggressive yesterday's Vince IVR data from previous prep showed her making of a serious animal. What did the data tell us yesterday? Did Childs use up too much fuel too early? Before you answer that, Vince, what I will, will do want to underline is that Chain of Lightning's figure was just as good. And this is what we wrote in Sizzlers, 1.5 links above benchmark, ranked best of the day, which meant our members all got this email. Mayor on the rise who started her career out wide New South Wales before joining Peter Moody, won a Caulfield first up from 25-6 with just 3.4 links below benchmark. But note, leading into a savage headwind on the day where running time was nearly impossible. Here we found out more with a clear PB, minus 2.7800, mid-race, Plus 0.7 last 400, second best last 800, 600 of the day, and the best last 200 showing the sustained nature of the close. There she was, Vince. 
Good performance on uh, at Fleming one point five. What she do on Sunday? Yeah, there it was Rolfie one length above, nice and solid. Only a half length variation from the run before with the twenty one day break, which is fantastic. And going up a hundred meters, really important. So in terms of that part, the horse has actually improved four lengths, Rolfie, from a twelve hundred meter profile point of view. Wow. So she's. If we still got a, we probably still haven't got a silly got her yet. Oh, there's no way this horse has come to the top yet. Impossible. All right, so what, what, uh, as per the question, what did you make of passive-aggressive? Well, when we look at the breakdown of this particular horse's run, 0.9 through the first section, again, getting that little bit of a slowdown between the 8 and the 4, you can see that if you look at the variation, particularly against the winner, Change of Lightning, Change of Lightning slowed down 0.6 versus 2 lengths. So it's about a 1.5 lengths swing in the opposite direction in terms of that velocity slowdown. Then we look at the last 400 it's very clear there. Well, probably first I should point out the kick down between the two horses when they got on that better ground again, Ralph, between the four and the ten. It was 3.7 lengths of acceleration for chain of, of lightning and passive aggressive was only 0.6. And then I look at the last 200 metres just to bring the clarity around. Okay, why was that not so dynamic? Was it the conditions in the ground? That was a partial scenario, but it was definite blowout in conditioning, Ralphie. Or we could also have some, uh, I don't want to say speculation, but we could also say, is this horse at its absolute top over shorter course? Because when you look at this runner at 1,200 metres, even though it had all the, the victories, even at Flemington last campaign, the last 400 metres has always been very poor. It was the same thing at Packenham had a very, very soft last 400, and I mean dramatically soft. But at 1,100, no. Is there also, I'll put one other to, to maybe speculate on. Her first, uh, she started trialling in, in April, early April. She had a dynamic trial leading into this in, in August, uh, and on just a 70-day break, she effectively has been, she must have been in work since March, effectively. So maybe, yes. maybe it's ended prep as well. Well... Uh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it, I'm not sure about that. But one thing that we might be confident with is, Ralphie, now that you're just looking at it from that particular angle, is that this is even more of a, a scenario about, well, you, you might be a challenge at 1,200 metres. What happens when we really start to go fast at this distance? Get the Bunsen burner out, yeah. Yep. So um, uh, I assume you're just going to put down big conditioning to come for Kiss of All, all Four Cheeks, Flying Mascot, and Graceful Girl was just an ab absolute bet fair on us. It must have turned up pregnant in the mounting yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it performed that way. <laughs> so they're all very good horses, and, uh, yeah, more to come. She's all class. Uh, Blinkers first time. The May Eustace camp again, uh, they've got this horse to switch on. They have, and really, if you look at the flow of this particular horse, it really didn't do anything through the first two sections. Probably got a little bit of a favour in the eight to the four hundred because you have a look at it, Ralphie. It was almost a neutral scenario in terms of movement, no de acceleration, minimal acceleration, point three, and then used excellent energy over the last four hundred metres and a strong last two hundred. I, I wouldn't say that. Just that pattern for this horse probably wasn't a golden race shape. So I'm, I'm just sitting back here taking a view that oh, I can see big, big number of improvement from this horse, like two, three lengths for sure off that run. 
All right, the three-year-olds race five, uh, it's always this learning race for us because, the, you know, it, it comes down to uh, how much have they improved from their from their juvenile days. There's no doubt the biggest improvement of, of horses are from their two-year-old two, uh, campaign to their three-year-old campaign, skeletally, everything else. Afcamon turned up, even money. Uh, we've documented on, on in, our, in our sizzlers. You just had to be a little bit careful because we hadn't seen her at seen him in a high pressure situation we knew he had a big booming sprint on him but jack and o was one horse that, that uh you knew he could have been this one that could develop all the communication for the bryce uh price kent yard was that was the case what did you take out of this performance from jack and o and af cabin well first with jack and o i just go to the simplicity last campaign first up was 3.3 lengths below benchmark here we've gone 0.7 below that's a fantastic improvement I'm fairly confident the stable would be aware that this horse has come on as a much superior horse to last campaign. And so if we look at its peaking run, which is in that Group 1 race at Corford over 1,200 metres, and that was 0.7 below. So that horse has matched that first up. So you can be very confident this horse is going to run above benchmark through this campaign if it stays uh, you know, injury-free and gets reasonable luck in running. So I, I was pretty taken by that run. And again, I look at those first two sections, Ralphie, no real work effort. In fact, between the six and the 400, the horse had, a, in my view, a bit of a negative. That was a 3.3 length slowdown, very similar to the second horse, Ralphie, who was, which was having a slowdown as well. So how good can Af, Af Cabin be? Is it a legitimate um, situation that he had to go so much faster race to race than Sandown and in, at a shorter trip? Well, that definitely does take a toll on the horse when you look at it from one run to the other. The only positive was it had the right, I felt that it had the right runs in terms of conditioning to, to be able to handle that. But what was really good about it is from an acceleration point of view, it's never easy for young horses when they go all the way up to 1,400 metres and they've got to come back to 1,200 metres off a, not a long sort of a break. What was it? The freshen up was only 17 days. I, I, I thought this horse showed a lot of tenacity to be able to, cope with that speed and then even the way it finished off the last 200 metres yes there was a de-acceleration when compared to the winner my view is that this horse is probably I don't want to say that that's its number minus 2.3 because we've got a we've got a minus one from Sandown but I'll be very interested to see if this horse can break benchmark we'll just see it might need more ground Ralphie that that's probably what I'm sitting back is this this run at 1200 meters maybe the setup for something over longer i'll be i'd be reasonably negative if they keep this horse at this short course all right maybe call for guineas campaign possibly derby yep. um if i save the best to last wins race four i wish i win now a couple of things firstly um i want to know what what your best new zealand figure was for this horse and secondly Let's uh, the the master uh, Dominic Byrne. Uh, I worked with him oh, a decade or so more back at RSN, and one quote he said was, "You're going to go broke ignoring the great the uh, collective intelligence of the market." This horse was six dollars race morning. He started it started three eighty. It crossed the line at two dollars fifty on the totes. That was a robot avalanche that said Peter Moody has improved this horse out of sight. How good was the performance? Well, there it is, one point nine. That's a fantastic opener. And, so, and we, so hang on, I, I just want you to compare this. What did it do compared to Snap Dancer? We've got a, apples <laughs> to apples. 
<laughs> Do you like that, huh? Apple's the Apple. Well, uh, Snapdancer, we look at where, where that ended up performing. There it is, Snapdancer 1.8 finished, well, they're virtually identical in terms of overall figures. So that's well, significant for us to do this first Australian start. Wow. Yeah, it is significant. And also, to be able to do that, Ralphie, off that race shape, because see, that's the other big thing. There it is. It's an 8.1 length below first section versus Snapdancer, which was, what was it, minus 2.9? Yep. So I actually liken the profile of the run a lot closer to I'm Thunderstruck in terms of going through that first section. And then we have a look at the second section and the last 400 metres. And this horse had a definite conditioning blowout last 200, Ralphie. Lost about 1.8 length. So, oh, well, we're looking at this horse. I don't know the, the Moody team, but they, they have definitely got this horse going to be running somewhere around four or five lengths better than its New Zealand profile. What, what have you pegged his New Zealand profile? Oh, I ran that benchmark. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I, I, Vince, I reckon Peter Moody's a good trader. What about you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, it's just, it was always just to be a little matter of time with Mr. Moody when he's going to get back yep. to where where he once left, right? And maybe he, he doesn't have the same aspirations and having, you know, hundreds and hundreds of horses, but the quality of the man's never going to go away. Oh, 100%. No, it's, uh, it's a very exciting horse to uh, to finish off with our Caulfield look. Um, Rose Hill was an inferior sort of meeting as far as it wasn't a group one and the depth wasn't quite there. So I'll just ask you about uh, the performance of uh, Kabo in the up-and-coming stakes. Uh, there was one quote... Um, of Darren Flindell when he was calling uh, calling Kaboo and that was staying well off the fence. Um, that's what you had to do, and that's when uh, when good stables and riders are thinking they they do the right thing and and give their horse every chance. That's exactly where they need to be, Ralphie. And and most runners did exactly that, Ralphie. Kaboo. When I look at the performance of this particular horse, firstly, it's a pretty lightly raced runner. And it had a profile going into the race pretty much bang on that minus three. You look at that last run when it was beat 1.5 at Rose Hill over 1,100 metres. That was the typically the, the profile of this horse, somewhere around that range. And then we look at this particular race, and I sit back and say, okay, well, to, to run benchmark on the day, it was 0.1 below. First, that's a big, big improvement. The snap up in distance from the 11 to the 1300, I thought was a really big help. And the second part is it was the third best of the day, Ralphie. So that sort of gives you the insight about how testing the ground was. The other factor that I really liked about this particular run was the energy exertion the horse had to use through the first section going plus 2.4. That's the fastest this horse had gone by at least a half a dozen lengths through the first section and then had to deal with Never a positive, Ralphie, the way it had to slow down. So this is a win for a horse that probably has got a lot of deception. In other words, made maybe a number of other horses look a little bit better because it did a lot of things negative in terms of race shape and was still too good. It's funny because um, you're almost describing what, their sta- what the stablemate uh, in the Congo was doing last year before yep. it won the Golden Rose. So you're saying this is a performance that can really seriously elevate on a different race shape. I have no doubt. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty nasty. Yeah. Not a long distance, and to have a slowdown of six point seven lengths off that acceleration, which is excellent speed, and a horse has never done that, Ralphie. Yeah. And then to be able to actually kick back and go above benchmark last 200 metres, 
really demonstrated the versatility in the horse. And if I'm just smoothing out the figures and not being aggressive, that's a plus two run. All right, uh, this is from uh, from Troy. I assume you're going into the race anyway, but interesting thoughts on the up and coming stakes at uh, at Rose Hill. Uh, that's the one we've we've just discussed. Particularly pace, race shape. Did backmarkers have any chance to be in the race lanes? E.g., if you got too wide, was it a disadvantage? Golden Mile seemed to cut the corner and run on well. Anything else of note? So what you've uh, you've outlined so far, Vince, is that the be careful of underrating the winner because it it, it had the uh, the biggest uh, uh, race shape against it. Oh. With the, if this particular runner had a run just three lengths slower, it, it would have won by three lengths more. Right. <laughs> so that, that's pretty simple there. So uh, I'll go back to Melbourne. Uh, Vince Alistair wants to know about uh, Chater Lightning. Is she the next grey flash? Well, I don't think she's she Chautauqua, but we, you have underlined that uh, there's, you still haven't got a ceiling for her. No, I haven't got a ceiling. And... I think you've mentioned it many times. You've got to love the horse. Just keep winning. <laughs> Winners win, absolutely. A um, couple from uh, from Darren. Um, actually, we'll, we'll stick on Melbourne here. Caulfield, beyond the big races, keen to hear Barbie's Fox's number, race nine, as she was a plus one IVR prior start, expected to run well, loomed like a potential winner at the top of the straight, but faded to fifth. So my, um, uh, my initial reaction, Vince, was probably a double shot, one, wetter ground compared to a fortnight earlier, and maybe uh, such a big exertion in that win might, might have seen her flat 14 days later. It's a big possibility that that could have been the case. I mean, it was a it was a massive, massive drop off at the end. Now, there's a there's a few scenarios around this horse because the, the horse did profile very strongly in terms of where it could potentially end up in this particular race, but ultimately, you know that that drop off over the last two hundred meters, I, I thought it was pretty savage. You could see it in the run, like it loomed into the race, and then it just absolutely deteriorated and there's a bit of evidence there on that last 400 what's that mean is the big question so i've got to ask myself the question is okay one could be from a campaign point of view what does it mean uh, is that it was that the peaking run the start before and there's no more or was it the 1700 meters just that last little bit took its toll or was it the acceleration in the ground it's a few unknowns but my view is i don't like it when i see that overall last 800 it was pretty negative uh, 400 sorry no sure um actually one more from darren and we'll finish with this one for our podcast uh, and back to sydney in the last race interested to hear what shades of road v mautai second as those horses profiled similar prior now vince one was a dollar 90 shades of road mautai was 550 I'm confidently saying the 800 meter mark, so on settling, one was a dollar ten, the other one was fifty-five to one. Yeah, yep. <laughs> what'd you make of them? <laughs> well, shades of road, one point eight, best of the day, Ralphie. Just keeps rolling up, doesn't she? Yeah, can't knock that profile. A little bit of a slowdown as well between the six and the four hundred meters. So very, very solid, and obviously the evidence in the gap probably the same indicator from a price point of view. But realistically. Outside of those two runners, uh, there was a, a lot um, of, um, oh, oh, I don't know, maybe there might have been one particular runner that did catch my eye a little bit, Ralphie, and that was uh, Mano Nui. I, I just thought that that, that run was, uh, in some aspects, was better than Matoi, but you've just got to look at the overall score, though, minus 4.7. I, I, that's the the one you have to sort of put the softener on it. That, 
the figure in the end was down. All right, we'll break all those down, both in uh, in Melbourne and Sydney with our Sizzlers. All of Vince Accardi's work via dailysectionals.com.au, including his fantastic Saturday morning race speed profiles where you get the best information, all of mine, including the opportunity to become a member of Year Round Carnival, racetrackralphie.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Year Round Carnival podcast. <laughs>